Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass as well as the automotive and social media world. I'm your host Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. Alongside me as always, Mr. Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Should I wave at all of them? Just wave at every camera you see Tony. Um, And joining us our first guest of season three, Mr. Jonathan Benson. Hello. I only knew you as Benson for an incredibly long amount of time. But Did you think that was my first or last name? I didn't really know. Just I just sort of name. went with it. Yeah, oh, you were just you were just Benson. But anyway, welcome. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into who you are, why you're here uh, in a little bit. But first off, I just want to remind everyone, uh, everyone that's watching on YouTube, to subscribe. Uh, this is the big thing we're pushing. We have a new goal. 50,000 subscribers and Tony will give away a car for free. Yeah, I will, yeah. There's an old polo at work, no. 200 quid. <laughs> I'll give that one away. I was really hoping so it runs do. on three cylinders. Okay, sure. Well, hey, look, it's a car. Um, but no, in all seriousness, uh, we really want to set ourselves this goal uh, of 50,000 subscribers. I don't know what time limit we want for that, but a, a, a short one. And the giveaway, the general prize is that once we hit 50k, one subscriber will come and join us here on the podcast That's exactly for an episode. That's exactly what I was going to say. That is literally what I was going to say. Should we get a subscriber on? Yeah. Honestly. Great minds think alike, Tony. Yeah. It's not brilliant. like we talked about this beforehand. No. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yes. Uh, if you're in Europe, uh, we will get you here. If you're not in Europe, don't worry. We can actually dial you in with my new uh, behind-the-glass podcast setup. I can call people. It's quite a worrying... Off the desk. Yeah. Amazing. Have you put the chimes in? No. So if you missed out last episode, uh, I did update Tony on the fact that my new mixing desk, you can... <laughs> Why are you laughing about my mixing desk? And we nearly got covered in water. So, <laughs> very expensive. <laughs> very expensive mixing desk. Uh, you can program certain buttons to do sort of chimes and celebrations and things like that, but I, I haven't had time to set it up, so I apologize. What have you been doing all week then? I have been very busy, and we're going to get onto that in a second. Oh, is this the first episode with it? No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 we've had it every every episode of season three, but I just haven't programmed the... Boom, 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 boom. 
Do Com- not put that in. Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscribe, turn on notifications. If you're listening to us, please make sure to keep following us or, or, or subscribing to listen to us on whatever platform you are. Um, and I think that's probably all the housekeeping that I need to get out of the way for now. Tony, you relax. You've been drinking water. You've been feeling radiators. You're always a bit frantic at the start of these episodes. Well, it's a little bit hot in here, mate. I mean, last week I come in here, I was freezing. I bumped into a brass monkey crying its eyes out outside. And now I'm boiling like I'm in the Bahamas. <laughs> well, I'm trying to keep you happy. Well, you complain one thing. That's mean, why I'm fidgety. Okay. Like, I mean, I just don't know what climate it is. No, but just try and relax because, you know, it's supposed to be like, a, it's supposed to ease into the episode and all people hear is rustling and banging and oh, yeah, like this. And it's like, we don't, it's not a nice environment for the beginning of the show. Well, right. get it at the right temperature then. <laughs> it's your fault, mate. You're the presenter okay fine I mean, this is not presenting by the way <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> let's not be mean at three minutes in right uh benson sorry welcome this is the hideousness uh, that is behind the glass um we're not used to having company uh, so we forget sometimes uh but anyway i want to kick things off with a catch-up of what everyone's been up to and let's start with our with our guest uh jonathan uh what have you been doing this week Oh, this week's been, I was going to say largely uneventful, but I've actually been to Sweden. Oh, um, Sweden. Uh, Michelin X-Ice Snow, which is a Nordic, sort of North America, Canada, Northern Europe uh, winter tyre. So what we call a studless winter tyre. So designed for way more extreme winters than we get in the UK, um, but doesn't have studs in, so it doesn't damage the road. So it was a launch of it for that in Sweden, which was great. It was a Michelin event, so we always get a really interesting Michelin star dinner with a, this was the first guy to have a Michelin star without using any electronics in his kitchen. So he cooks entirely with fire. So everything was very smoky, um, but good tire. And apart from that, I've just been planning some tire tests cause it's tire testing season now. So I've got a busy schedule next 10 weeks. I think I'm away every week on things of bits and pieces tire related. So uh, it'd be good fun, but it's just lots of planning. I, I probably should have, preluded that um, story with the fact that you are a tire tester. <laughs> yes, I am the, 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 the That's only... exactly what I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. I probably missed that quite important information. Yeah. Who, in is or something. Yes. Yeah. Who is Jonathan Benson? Just launched into what have you yeah. been doing? And I was like, why is this guy with Michelin and set of tires? It's just a bloke we dragged from the street. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting guy, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we are going to get into that. So you are, you are officially, by profession, a tire tester these days. I, I prefer to say test driver. Because it's Ooh. it sounds a lot cooler, right? Sounds no, he's an expert. Bar, he's like, a tire expert. Let's, let's, no, let's not say that either. No, no, no. You are. Driver. You are. You're a tire expert. Test driver that specialises in tires. No, no. Tire expert that drives cars. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Close enough. Stunt driver occasionally. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, Tony, what have you been up to, mate? I've been at work, boys. And girls. Oh, classic. Sold yes. any cars this week? Yes. Actually, I know you have because I called you this week and I was happy. Uh, you were happy, and I said, <laughs> "I said, what's been going on?" And you said, "Oh, we've sold a few bits." And I went, "Oh, that makes a change." And then you had a bit of a go at me, and you went, "No, we always sell stuff. It's just sometimes we sell more than other weeks." Well, that's correct. Okay. Yes. What have so, you sold? I feel like cars, the mate. Were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put them under cars pressure. Cars with tires on. Yeah. Okay. Some Pirelli, some Michelin. Okay. No, all sorts. So, um, what have we sold this week? Uh, we sold seven or eight cars. I know that for a fact. <laughs> we sold Audis, Mercedes, a couple of Range Rovers, uh, a 
two Porsches. Oh, hello. Mc- McCann and a 911. Nice. Um, yeah. No, no, okay. no, a Cayenne and a 911. Okay, nice. You've yeah. done, so you've done bits. There's a range of yeah, things yeah, coming yeah. and going. Yeah. What's the what's the most, what's the nicest thing you've got in at the moment? What's the thing you would kind of like to see go out the door? <laughs> oh, wait. I uh, took a deposit on my Performante as well. Shut up. No, I did, yeah. Oh, yeah, hello. it's not gone yet. So uh, maybe okay. edit that bit out. Hold up, bro. But, yeah. Yeah. But I've taken a deposit on it. A little so. backstory, though, uh, for those that, as you kindly reminded us, don't know who you are. Um, or no, what? everyone knows who I am now, mate. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Two weeks ago, you're like, oh, some of your audience might know me. Now, yeah. few, few behind the glass episodes under his belt and he's back to being cocky McCocky. They know me now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your performance though, explain. How long have you had it? What spec is it? Uh, I've had it uh, just over two years. Okay. Bought it new. It's Verdehydra green with uh, gold wheels, gold stitching, black inside. Uh, bish bash bosh. Loved it. And, and you're deciding to sell it because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just don't need it anymore. Time to I've move had, on. Yeah, 8,000 miles, two years. Have you driven off. a Performante, Benson? I have not. Um, Hurricane Evo and uh, one of the other ones. Yeah, some edition. I thought the Evo was very, very good. Okay. Yeah, the, the Evo. You've not driven Perfect. No. So that's one car that I think I would quite like mm. to experience because everyone does say it's amazing. How tall are you, Benson? Six four, six three. Yeah, that's the problem with you yeah. two. I mean, you cannot get in it. No, that's I mean, the problem. And I'm, I'm fine. Has it got the four wheel steer that you no, has? No, 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 no. Only two years, two wheel steer. And is it? And does it feel like a sort of pista or a speciale, or does it just feel like a a more powerful hurricane? No, no. It drives. It's a more powerful hurricane. It's a lot more precise. Drives drives a little bit like a. Speciality, but the steering is not as precise. Okay. So it's not as it's not as darty and as immediate. But it is a very good car. I won't buy another Lamborghini, by the way. But I'm going. No, no, no. It's not because of that car. Mike drop. <laughs> no, it's not because of that car. It's just because of I wanted a Lamborghini. That's the one I wanted, and that was it. I, I'm not you, a big yeah. Lambo fan. You so. can't do better, I don't think, than that in the car. Maybe the Evo, if, if Benson's saying it's it's good, doesn't well, appeal to Evo, me that much, but. The Evo Performante will be very good, I would mm. think, because it'll probably be a four-wheel steer car. So, I wonder um, what they'll call it. Because I, I hope they give it a different name. It'd be annoying if it was Performante Take Two. It should be... Evo Performante? Yeah, no, but even what? that's a letdown, because they're quite good yeah. with their names, aren't they? Super yeah. Legera yeah. and... Or Pirelli. Bolognese. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Pirelli edition. Yeah. Fair. Tyres. Appropriate. Well done, Tony. Clever enough. You're on form today. <laughs> I am, yeah. <laughs> Someone's had that coffee. Yeah. Uh, well, look, uh, from my side, a couple of things to update everyone on. Uh, I went to something called the GP Ice Race with Bentley. Oh, I saw that. That we- looked really cool. Well, yeah. oh. <laughs> weird event. Um, I think the idea of it, the concept of it, fantastic. Essentially, beautiful ski resort. Uh, and it's it's like ice racing. They brought it back. It was an event that happened like back in the 50s. Uh, the main theme of it is something called skioring. Any any guesses at what skioring is? Not a clue. Skiing while drawing? No. <laughs> Good guess, though? No. Okay. No. I tried. Skioring is... Well, it started with horses pulling skiers behind them and then evolved into skiers being pulled behind cars. Oh, so it's death. It's death. <laughs> this was a thing. This was like a big sport. It was an Olympic, winter Olympic sport back in the 20s or Did something. Did anyone die? I assume about a million people died. I think it was no, more last dangerous. Week. Oh, no, not, not last week. Oh. 
Oh, not that I know of. Uh, anyway, um, so they now Porsche have bought it back. Uh, this is the second. This is the second year, and there's the sort of skiing, which is a genuinely competitive element. And then there's also show runs. And I mean, at one point there was a Formula E car dragging a skier around. I'm not even joking on the snow. It's weird. <laughs> like what? Um, When's the video out? Well, it's been out. Oh, uh-huh. oh, oh, oh. I've been off. Oh, dear. Yeah, days. don't don't ruin the time space. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Um, but uh, yes, it, it was it was fun. A lack of snow, a lack of ice. It's a it's a problem for testing is not to turn things to about tires because that's what I do in conversations. Uh, um, but it's a genuine issue. Uh, we're starting testing later and later each season because we're just getting less and less snow. And the event I was at, at the start of this week, they almost called it off because of lack of snow. And luckily they had a dump, but it's the event's meant to be running for three weeks. A dump. I'm a child. A dump of snow. In, in the toilet? Or? Yeah. <laughs> I just said luckily we had a dump. I was gone. Sorry, mate. Let's uh, let's all grow up for two seconds. Um, uh, what were you saying? But yeah, global warming's a thing and it's a it's a in the industry so um uh, yeah problems i mean just go further north uh, well further north than a lot of places is is ocean because we hit water oh, okay fine <laughs> no and we can't Geogra- get a boat Ge- i mean <laughs> geography was never as strong suit no, no 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 but where were you uh so this was north sweden but we test in uh, north finland as well in evilo and san selka um so mostly. where's antarctica from there i mean there's so it's, it's of- inside the arctic circle um, oh, okay. Once you get above that, it's Norway. <laughs> then there's water, and then it's it's inaccessible essentially. Um, For non-YouTube viewers, Tony's now looking sheepish because he obviously no, not I'm not sheepish. I just don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Um, but yeah, it is. It's the thing. I mean, you know, unfortunately, lack of snow, as I found on snow tour and at the ice race, and as you found with your with your testing. Um, but you know. <sighs> Anyway, let's not get into that. <laughs> how, how was the Ben? It was it was a modified Continental yeah, GT. Absolutely awesome. I listened to oh. last week's podcast and I, I completely agree with you about the Continental GT. I didn't think I would. So we did a test. I do some driving with car throttle and we did a test with the, the McLaren GT and can it be a supercar and a Grand Tourer? So we had the Bentley Continental GT and the Honda NSX and we did a day driving up in the Lake District and then overnight. Next morning, all sets of keys were on the table. So I just instinctively went for the set of keys I wanted to drive and I picked up the Bentley <gasps> keys and I'm like, yes. how has that, that just happened? Like, that's not what I thought I would be going for. For, but that's the set of keys I picked up and I was like this car is absolutely exceptional uh, well you don't have to tell me yeah. I am just going to do something I'm going to try and move your microphone Sorry, I, no no no, no. Stop looking at if you. you look back let's try that because okay. you, yeah, you sound a bit far away in my headphones maybe you're not but how, talk to me hello how is that oh that's lovely there it's, we go you're back in much. the room that's much better um, and, but yeah okay so Tony doesn't agree with us on this why um, no no I just I just don't get excited over a 60 year old man's Bentley. I mean, I'm with a W12. Yeah, yeah, I'm not interested. Okay. Uh, and, 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 immediate uh, dismissal. Where was the Ferrari? Where was the GT4 Lusso and all this? What? I, I, I'm not sure Ferrari would, were willing to supply a car for this particular test. I'm not entirely sure of the politics. Do you like the Lusso, Tony? Well, it's better than all them cars you just mentioned. No, it's not. Really? I think the Lusso is a bit of a letdown. No, it's not. It's very you had the V8 though, didn't you? I've driven both, oh, mate. Oh, I've driven, driven both. both. <laughs> I've not driven either, so I, I can't Well, you drove on. the Bentley. Yeah, which I think is great. Yeah, I, thought I mean, it would be a good okay, car, so but it's very numb. No, it's not. Well, yes. Okay, it's numb, but that's. I think you want that out of that yeah. type of car. So why, why do you want a Lusso then? Because the Lusso is numb. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> 
Oh, it's it, a Ferrari. No, but this is the problem. It's a numb Ferrari, which should never exist. That shouldn't be a thing. The steering is too light. It's too easy around town. It's the steering's too, light on all Ferraris, mate. No, no, no. It's too light in a car like that. It's 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 void of any character until you're absolutely making the V12 sing or the 8T sing. Um, and uh, it's just, it's, it's a weird shape. It's just not a good, it's not a good car. Does it still have the weird four-wheel it's, drive system from the FF? Uh, no, they've ha- they have advanced okay. it. It is a bit weird, and I say it's not a good car. It is a good car, but but it's not a car that I personally like. But you considered an SFF as a replacement, which is very similar. So you contradicted yourself. <laughs> good night. <laughs> <laughs> so we we need these buttons for the mic drop sound effect. Um, but no, the reason is because I think the FF is a little bit more raw. It's a little bit more edgy than the Luso. The Luso, like so many modern cars, and we talked about this in great length last week. We did. Has just dialed out some of its character, I, I think. And of that bunch, I'd still go Continental because in a Bentley, you want to waft. You don't get into it expecting it to be visceral and loud and crazy. You get into a Ferrari and you want show and you want experience. And the Luso, for me, always just feels a little bit too understated. I get why they created it. I get the people who buy it. It's the Ferrari you can drive all day, every day, no matter what the weather. But... That's not the Ferrari I want. Personally. Where did you drive the Bentley? Where? Yeah. We took it up to Lake District with the McLaren GT and the Not MSX. on the snow? No, 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 no. In oh. the dry in the dry and wet. Um, it just, it's a comfortable car. It's, it's surprisingly nimble for its, its weight and size. Um, and Professional there. I, I wanted to... Tyres. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to dislike it, but I ended up enjoying it. And mm. what about the uh, McLaren? Did that the make GT. it to the Lake District? Or? <laughs> it got there. Um, it did. And back? Yes, it did. I, I thought it was very good, but I didn't see the point in it. Why no. wouldn't you buy a 570 GT? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Do they great. still make the 570 GT? I, uh, who, knows? Week, who knows? Week, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They don't know. <laughs> my, no, sure. no, 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 no. my favourite thing about the McLaren GT was the press images showing a set of golf clubs sort of packed mm. loosely in the back and in the event of an accident you would have a golf club through your brain yeah and no. when you go around a corner fast where do those <laughs> I mean like just, into your skull yeah the whole thing I agree with you I always thought it was like that was their big selling point golf clubs and a McLaren I'm like what a disaster <laughs> um, anyway back to uh, GPI space yes the Continental was awesome a few tweaks but it was mainly aesthetic um, I loved it I thought the concept was wicked put a loud exhaust on it and ice race in general as I say it it was a cool concept. Unfortunately, maybe didn't come to realisation. A bit chaotic. Unfortunate with the weather. Some great cars taking part, but I probably wouldn't rush back. Um, but the other thing I quickly wanted to touch on before we move on with today's proper podcast uh, was the 911. And I, I, I ruined Tony's day by talking to him about this before we came on air. Um, I bought my 911 Crow T kind of out of storage to get it ready to give to Tony to put up for sale next week. That was the plan. So the roof, roof box is off. Stickers are coming oh. off. Oh, see, now you're... Re- okay, well, yes. <laughs> I drove... Don't be the- sad. <laughs> I haven't touched it. Basically, since we got back from Drive the World, I yep. literally haven't touched it. It's sat gathering dust, being annoying. And I'm like, oh, it's just, it's bumpy. It's in the way. It's wearing the scars of the trip and costing me a lot of money. But then getting in it, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I've missed you. And I suddenly thought, why am I selling it? Because you want a new car. Money? Well, yes. I mean, but... <laughs> I, and I was selling it because I kind of done like that's it. I've, I've you. I, I, what else can I do with that car? It's been around the world with me. The YouTube grind, right? The YouTube yeah. grind. But 
I purposefully did drive the world because I wanted to get away from the YouTube <laughs> grind. I didn't want to do that format of buy a new car, do the story, put a wrap on it, put an exhaust on it, take it to Monaco. Oh, Benson's <laughs> broken the studio. Benson's broken the studio. You might be all right, actually. We can continue without. I think we yeah. can continue, yeah. Sorry, uh, non-YouTube viewers, uh, Benson, who is, as he mentioned, about six foot 12, if that's a real height, um, was moving his incredibly long arms and it just destroyed the studio. I think this is slightly more comfortable and okay. slightly better for audio as well. Good, great, good yeah. man. Well, well you, good. you fixed it somehow. Um, but yes, long story short, I've had a bit of a crisis um, and I'm now thinking, should I not sell the Carrera T and actually not fall into the YouTube trap and just keep it and because I like it and is that confirmed or is that no un- no I'm I'm literally I'm a mel- I'm like a Love Island meltdown what do they say <laughs> oh your head's been turned or whatever what do they say like you know I'm a mess I'm spinning out I don't know what the expressions spinning are spinning out I don't know I just I've I'm literally mush I don't know what to do but having firmly made up in my mind that that car was going having spent a couple of days in it now I'm kind of thinking I I would like to keep it so Ah, <sighs> uh, yeah. I mean, this will change by Monday morning, ladies and gentlemen. It will. Sorry, Tony. I apologise. But anyway, that kind of wraps up. I think at least the first section of today's podcast, updating everyone on where we've been and what we've been doing. We now need to get into our guest. That sounds crude. Uh, we now need to get into who our guest <laughs> is. Yeah. Oh, hey, too oh, soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you <laughs> can't soon. put that in yet. No, no. Paul it's Philip. not this morning. <laughs> it's not coming out today. It's fine. Um, so yes, uh, when we come back, we will be learning all about. Uh, Mr. Jonathan Benson, who I'm now going to be calling the Shmi 150 of tyres. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So, Jonathan. Yes. Uh, how, long, how long have we known each other? Four years? Three, three, four years. How did we meet? Is the question. I'm assuming. I think we met through Car Throttle. That would make sense, yeah. 
So I think Adnan. we met through, yeah, I think we met through Adnan and Carthos, a good friend of yours. Um, we've done some bits together. And then we've done some bits. You've yeah. actually been an incredibly useful cameraman on, on, on occasion for me. So aside from your role as professional stunt driver tire testers, we've now, uh, <laughs> uh, what's it called? Um, decided. Uh, you, you're also big into your videography, photography, and you've been, you've been helpful to me on various occasions. We um, did the Milly Millia. We did the Miglia Miglia. That thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and great fun. You drove fantastically in an Alpha Quadrifoglio chasing an 812 super fast on some mountain roads. That's a great video. Uh, um, yeah. You helped me film my epic video with Jamie Chadwick in a go kart and a caterham. Yep. And my F1 drive. That's so great, yeah. you've, been to, you've been with me for some emotional moments. Um, but and the garage roundup last week. Uh, sorry, yes. <laughs> and the, <laughs> where you were effectively a taxi driver. <laughs> I, uh, I was a, an Uber. But a great Uber. Um, but look, get into it. Let, let, me, let me ask. I mean, how did you get into tires? Why tires? Uh, and how did you end up becoming sort of a professional in tires? The short answer or the long answer? Well, it's a podcast. So go longish and we'll cut <laughs> long you off if it gets boring. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll just get up and leave. <laughs> Carry on your own. Um, so why tires? Um, I've always been a bit of a geek and I've enjoyed comparative testing of everything. Uh, my background was a developer. Uh, web developer um so like through and through love technology love like cameras videography which i think is essential for this sort of youtube lark anyway uh, but the actual tires thing that started with my first ever car which tony will appreciate it was an mgzr oh my god i mean i do not appreciate that <laughs> it's a rover 25 with some good suspension but it's like What's... going down the road on your face <laughs> i actually um, don't even know what that is so it was wrong the, generation the, terrible the rover 25 with the body kit you're like, saying things... always... i'm sorry i was born in 1989 <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> British brand. Anyway, so it was my first car. Like, I enjoyed that car, but I, I had the fortunate advantage. My dad working for British Aerospace at the time who could who owned MG Rover. Um, so you could get company cars for friends and family at a good rate. So for my first ever car, including insurance and car and everything, it was £300 a month, but it included maintenance, which included tyres and servicing and everything like that. So the car came with... What about welding? <laughs> uh, the, engine did, the engine did fall out once. I was more thinking about your feet going through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was new, so I only had it for three years. So uh, okay, it, was, it was just about not rusting then. Okay, fine. Um, but the first set of tyres, the, the factory set of tyres was Michelin Pilot Sports, the original directional Pilot Sport tyre, um, which was great. But me being a, a, a new driver and thinking I was Ayrton Senna, I burnt through the front set very quickly. So about four or 5,000 miles, I'd, I'd made the front board. But it's not my problem because I take it to a tyre garage and they put another set of tyres on. Great, for free. It was amazing. Um, but amazing. <laughs> and so I thought they put like for like on and I, I got the car back out. I saw there were Michelin tyres on there. Um, and within like the first sort of 30 seconds, minute of driving, I was like, this is completely different. Why? And it turned out instead of the Pilot Sport, which was their ultra performance tyre, they put a set of Pilot Exalto 2s on, which is... That's now being replaced with a Pilot Sport 4. Like it's complicated, but it's sure. a more comfort-oriented tyre. So same size, same specification, but it was a tyre set up more for comfort. And this, this for me, was like a massive thing. It's like my my pointy go-kart-like hot hatch, Tony, um, all of a sudden felt it's a little... not a hot hatch. <laughs> it had 100 horsepower. The only time it was hot was when it was on fire. Was that a yeah. thing? Okay. It was the K-Series engine, so it boiled itself constantly. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Gets went. Um, so I, I then went... This was back in sort of 2000. 2003, 2004, I then went online to try and find out like, what's the difference? Why is, why is this happening? And there was no good information resource. So me being a web developer that moved into sort of like e-commerce management and running online businesses, I missed 
developing. So I had this crazy idea that I'd set up a website about tires. Um, hope like I did some online marketing. So like I knew how to market it back then. It was e- a lot easier back in 2005. Um, and then I hoped at some point I could either have enough influence because this was the OG influencer, wasn't it? It was like having a blog. There wasn't Instagram. There wasn't YouTube. It was like having a website that gave information and getting it up in Google. So that was my plan. And the plan was to hopefully grow it into something where either I got support from tire manufacturers so I didn't have to buy tires in the future, which is no one likes buying tires, right? Because they're a distress purchase. Super boring. So annoying. Boring. No, well, it's not boring. (laughs) You're saying that to the wrong man. I just dumped on your parade. Um, But you know, not boring, but it's an annoying thing to have to buy, especially like nailing a tire is my- Fuming. Oh, fuming, mate. Uh, But anyway, sorry, go on. Um, So that, that was the basis of the Tire Reviews website. And that through- me giving up most of my 20s in like I've finished my job so I'm going to go home and just online market it get into the forums like help people out link back to the website because again back then it was all about like inbound links on Google that was where you established yourself and over time that's evolved and grown into a website that influences about a sixth of the UK tire market so that's that's a what two billion pound market and it's got a lot of influence on that market so I'm now in a position that or I was in a position where I could then transition more to instead of just being like a written information resource to start doing my own testing and start like pushing into YouTube which is a whole new ball game which has been a steep learning curve but I'm enjoying it um and there, yeah that's how it all started up and that's that's how I ended up a in like completely enthused genuinely like in love and enthusiastic about tires and b being able to fortunately touch wood do it as a business and I'm very thankful for that so quick shout out for your YouTube channel in case anyone out there wants to check it out because like there's genuine brilliant consumer advice out there it's not just for someone who wants to watch tires in slow motion thank you uh it's just tire it's reviews just tire reviews yeah. tire reviews there you go and then you can find out things like uh, which winter tire to get, benefits between X, Y, and, yeah. you know, all of those different so elements. The, the challenge of the YouTube channel was, I, I don't want to say to make tires sexy, because that's an impossible <laughs> no. task, bum, right? Bum, bum, bum. I need a button. Yeah, yeah. Bum, <laughs> chicka, bum, <laughs> I don't know when else we'll need that button, but for today we should have had it. Um, but it was t- to make, no one, like no one wants to research tires because it's a distress purchase like the people like me don't exist which is probably a good thing for the general population but a bad thing for my industry so the 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 challenge is to try and make tires engaging so it's it's either making an automotive story but featuring a tire or it is it is straight tire testing so like last year we had 10 sets of tires on an m2 in texas and a lovely dry and wet handling circuit but condensing a full tire test down into a sort of a watchable 12 minute piece of content is has been a really big challenge um and it's with moving into all season and winter testing where we have another element this year so we have to do like snow and ice testing along with dry and wet and nvh and everything like that um it's going to be a challenge again but it's i'm fortunate to be able to try these challenges and to get the support to do so now tony i'll be interested to see what you think here but maybe i'm naive maybe i just don't know what i'm doing with my life I can obviously tell the difference between uh, a winter tire and a summer tire. I can tell the difference between a super sticky Trofeo Arparelli and your bog standard whatever from Quick Fit. But I'm not sure I would have picked up on the subtle differences that you mentioned of your hot hatch going from what were Pilot Sports to something a bit more comfort. With all the cars that you buy and own, Tony, from a business point of view, but also personally, do you know, like do you pick up on that? Is that something that you're aware of? Do you look... For tires, do you ever change the tires on the cars that you own? So, we, I never really knew anything about tires at all, and I'm still not really a professional. But I do know more now since I've had fast cars. I've I've taken, and since I've watched F1 as well. Sure, <laughs> it does help. Yeah, it does help. So, 
Um, I would always have a Michelin on my GT3 RS, essentially, because I think that's the best tyre for that car. Um, they, there's, I always think that Michelin for road or for road and track is is the best tyre across the across the board. Um, because my Performante's got P0 courses on them and they get hot and they go, when they go off then, so they get hot quicker. I think I'm right. They get hot quicker and then they go off. Whereas the cup sport holds the heat better, um, and sticks longer. So do you, do you it, find this on the road or yeah. track? That was, was my question. Like, <laughs> well, no, no, no. you haven't seen Tony drive on the road. <laughs> no. It's very possible that this is I've road seen him related. drive on track. <laughs> sure. So on on track, definitely, and on road when I'm in Europe going on the mountains because you're not going fast, but your brake accelerate, brake accelerate. You're only doing 50, 60 mile an hour, but your tires get 80 odd degrees mm-hmm. in the car. That's what the thing says. I don't know how true that is, but that's sure. what it says. And you can feel the car letting go because the, the tires are getting too hot. Whereas the cup sports, I never really get that on the road okay. at all. So we we touched on this before, Benson, when you came up and you also helped me when I was getting some uh, Pirellis fitted to the 360 and the importance of, or, or maybe the relevance of factory OEM sort of spec tires. The fact that a lot of these manufacturers, Pirelli, Michelin, Goodyear, Continental, etc., will work with manufacturers to develop specific tires for specific cars. And so that was a big thing on the 360s. I wanted to keep it sort of all OEM. But nowadays we've got such intelligent tires from, you know, courses to Trofeoars to all these different elements. You know, what are the benefits? Should people be shopping around or should it be like, well, that's what the manufacturer and the research and development decided So stick with what you've got? Maybe. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's not a there's not a simple answer because there's some manufacturers like Porsche um, with their N-rated tyres that do go in quite heavily with the OE development and it is a very bespoke tyre. Mm. So obviously Porsche have unique sizes mm. and a unique weight balance on a 911. Yeah, yeah. So you find those tyres are, are very built around the car. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that that tire is always going to be the best because as new technology comes out and as tires get iterated and as new patterns come out. So I think one of the big examples was the Michelin Pilot Supersport got replaced with the Pilot Sport 4S. Yep. But on certain Porsche or BMW fitments, the star marking or the end marking, so the official tire was still the previous generation because to get a tire homologated from a manufacturer point of view it's a very long process especially with someone like Porsche we're talking multiple years yeah, yeah. and it's a lot of research and development costs so it's not like Michelin will put out a new tire and then all of a sudden that's Porsche approved it might never get Porsche approved it's it's such a long journey so during that interim period it can become a real gray area whether do you stick with the Porsche approved tire the m-rated tire or do you move on to later technology and i find i'm sure you find as well but the people who are best to answer that are the people who are making the change and doing the driving and yeah that they're the enthusiastic owners so you'll get on a porsche forum or you'll get go on like tire reviews website where the people have done the change and reviewed it and they'll they're the people that are best 
because I'm um, sadly, I mean, I know I've you know I've got a database of tire patterns and sizes. Of there's about fifty thousand tire patterns and sizes amongst the bigger brands in the UK. That's not that's ignoring all the the tat that comes in from other parts of the world. So I can't test every tire and car combination. You'd like to? I'd like to try, <laughs> but it's it's just not possible. So sometimes you have to rely on the the owners who have done the change themselves to look at the data and see where people's experiences have have sent them. But then you have to think about well, that person is really valuing dry grip on track. So that's why he's liking this tire. But then if I'm not putting my car on track and I'm mostly on the road and wet grip is a priority, then you have to think about that. So there's with tires, there's no right answer for what is the best tire for a a, a square thing. It, sure. You have to you have to look at your Chop car, your change. driving behavior, how you're using the tire, what you want from the tire, and then you have to p- do your own research and if you want the very best of course always the very best so if i'm if i'm thinking about myself and going on my own experiences for track and road the cup sports the best tire because the trofeo is more sticky on the track but it's not as good as a road tire it correct yeah so the trofeo is is a very good dry weather track tire correct it's very sturdy but it it doesn't have the wet grip the the pilot sport cup which is like the michelin r now so there's enough. So you've got that's the Cup to R, yeah. Correct. So that's 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 like the the whole and there's the Goodyear Supersport RS, um, which Dresers. No, the good. It's a new pattern, Goodyear. Okay, fine. Um, Goodyear Eagle F1 Supersport RS is their new Cup to R rival. Okay. So basically, the holy trinity of like track tires for your 911 will be the Cup to R, the Goodyear Supersport RS, and the Trofeo R and. I just so happened to be doing that test in. And what uh, about the Dunlop? There's a Dunlop in there. So the Dereza, it's not a good wet weather tire. No. So it's not. I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't be sticking the Dereza on a car that I use on the road as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. likewise with the Cup Two R, like you're, you're sacrificing a lot of wet performance for that ultimate dry lap time, and you get that dry lap time, but it's perhaps not the best tire to to run day to day, especially in these conditions. Yeah. So, so that, what I found with the P Zero Corsa as well on the Lambo. It's actually a good tire in the wet. Okay. It's not that bad in the wet compared to the other semi slicks like mm. the, the Cup Sport or the the other the other tires that we. I mean, Trofeos are an absolute no go. I mean, terrifying. Cor- we we, terrifying. So we had the courses on the Alpha in Milli Milia. Ah um, uh, yes, they're good tire. They're good, good tire. tire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I think it's. I mean, I feel like you might have gone a bit niche there, guys. Yes. <laughs> It was actually super interesting. I just sat back and let you have a little bit of a nerd off. Um, but we've gone very specific yeah. high performance tire for two right, let's seconds. Let's go normal then. So let's go normal. So actually what I want to kind of bring it back to uh, for the general listener is like tire hacks. Because I feel like this is a thing, right? If you're not into the big performance cars and you go on to, I'm just going to say quick fit because I genuinely do use them, um, and you're shopping... And then you see a Goodyear or you see a Pirelli at 120 pounds, and then you see a Gubla blah blah at 80 pounds. Falcon, Falcon or Falcon, Falcon or you know, well, you, you can't use Falcon as a cheap brand anymore. They're no. a, they're they're premium. They've gone premium. Yeah, okay, yeah, so like, almost. Well, a brand that none of us have ever heard of. Yeah, so, yeah. so some land sales or some triangles, <laughs> some hilariously like... named. I mean, this, sailing on land is the definition of aquaplaning. You <laughs> do not want to name your tire brand yeah. land sale. Yeah. And triangle. That's not a shape attach. No, be. but I'm like, oh what. A great bargain. Yeah, um, they're, they're actually quite good budget tires now, weirdly. Or, well, a, Kumo, or a Kumo tire as well, which is quite expensive now. That does that compete with Falcon? So properly? Kumo used to sit in the same market space as like Falcon, Fred Stein, those kind of people. Toyo. Um, 
Kumo had some financial difficulties oh. over the last 10 or so years. So they sponsored everyone. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> oh, so they're, they're, wouldn't, us, be, wouldn't yeah. be the first. <laughs> so I think they're probably a generation behind okay. the, the, the latest and greatest sort of mid-range brands. But it's there's a, the tyre, as with everything in life, thanks to sort of plateau technology, there's convergence amongst the brands. So you couldn't say that one brand has it all anymore. There's like three big premium brands that are making the best tires are probably Goodyear, Michelin and Continental. And they all used to have their strengths and- All good road tires. What about Pirelli? No, no, um, so I don't I don't discredit Pirelli. I just don't work with them. I don't come uh, across Pirelli So you don't, you don't experience them? Like, okay, no. Well, I will fly the flag for my yeah. Italian brethren. <laughs> I'm a big fan. But anyway, let's not get too divulged. But okay, so, so to go back. So those are your, your three bigs these days. I, I would say they're the three- They've, they've all got they're the three brands with the latest generation of tires out there. So obviously any premium manufacturer can make a good tire. There's like, there's some caveats within the industry, but those three brands are all making very good tires. Um, you like, so they've all had issues in the past that they've been known for, like Michelin perhaps weren't the best in the wet a few generations ago, but they've vastly improved that. And now yeah, they're, they're class leading. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Continental used to be very, very good in the wet, but they had wear issues. They used to wear out quite quickly, but yeah. they've got on top of that as well. Their wear is now up there with Goodyear and Michelin. So these, these three brands are all making incredible tires and it's never been, I'm going to use the word exciting because it is for me. <laughs> ne there's never been more exciting time because you've got three very good, three very good brands. And then you've got Falcon and Hankook and people like that. that Hankook's another one. Yeah. yeah incredible. People are now calling Hankook like a premium brand. There's, yeah, there's yeah. been the big six premium tire manufacturers for as far back as anyone remembers. And now Hankook's the first, uh, I mean, Hankook have got Motorsport. They sponsor DTM. Of course. They've got Porsche OE on a 911 now, yeah. I think. So they've got RS5 OE. They, they their turnover that is going to equal Pirelli this year. So there's no reason they're not a premium brand. It's just like historically that the premium brand have been the big six. Sure. Yeah, which technically are five because Goodyear Dunlop are the same company. So, But now people have got more choice. That was mm. kind of where I was heading with that. The convergence you yeah. kind of mentioned is now, yes, basically a brand that you've never heard of is, is realistically a very budget brand as you find in all ways mm. of life. But there are options and there are choices out there and obvious benefits to paying a little bit more with your tire. Absolutely, yeah. It's not always going to be about performance. It's going to be about longevity, durability, mm. quality, etc. Um, before we, we have another little short break, I wanted to sort of ra rattle through like maybe some life hacks or some myth myth busting on tires. Because uh, I feel like that's that's your go-to. The sort of questions that maybe my sister asks me every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a big bulge on one of my tires. Is it about to explode? Probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Get so, that checked out yes. without driving on it. If you bung a hole in a tire, how far and how fast can you go? It depends how it's bunged. Ooh. So you can, yeah, phrasing. You can you can do a very poor job repairing a tire. Um, obviously, legally, you can only repair a puncture if it's in the 70, center 75% of the tread. Um, on the shoulder, it gets a lot more risky. But if you have a tire fitter that you trust that knows how to do like a hot, a hot bung, then it can be absolutely fine for the life of the tire. Um, okay. It's not something I would particularly recommend. And it's obviously there's so many variables, like how big the hole is, whether it's ripped any of the cords or anything like that. But um, they can be fine for the life of the tire if done properly. But I would not recommend that on a no, high performance car. Absolutely not. On no. a normal car, you, you're right. It's, that's yeah. probably fine. Like just put a bung in it because of the, the stresses are yeah. nowhere near. But like on a on an M car or a C63 or anything higher, Porsches, Lamborghinis. Sure, big power or, stuff. Don't do it, mate. Just buy a new tires. It's, there's so many variables involved in anything like that. You have to trust the person that's doing it. For sure. And that's that's where the, the 
the, the knowledge should come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What other myths are there? Tread depth. Is that still, can you still use the penny? Is it the penny coin? 20p. 20p coin. Yeah, the, the rim on the 20p. Yeah. Um, that's that's the tread depth indicator. It's 1.6 mil, although a number of manufacturers recommend changing at three mil. Uh, really? After three mil. So conversely, dry grip improves as tread wear goes down because you get less block movement. So the tire becomes stiffer. It, it doesn't, it won't overheat, so it'll generate less heat. So that's a good thing for tire. Equally, noise comes down because the majority of noise coming from a tire is air being moved and that's air being moved yes, through the, the tread pattern. Yeah, sure. so like a slick tire is the quietest tire. But wet grip decreases, especially aquaplaning, because you've got less channels to evacuate water. Push so the water away. Yeah, so a lot of companies recommend when you get to about three mil, there's a sort of like, there's a cliff that the tire will fall off in aquaplaning performance. So it's in the UK, especially when we're, um, we're, we're blessed with a number of days of rain each year, um, it's something to think about, yeah, once you get below three mil. And in certain regions uh, that mandate winter tires by law, there's between three and four, a winter tire stops becoming a winter tire legally because it's snow and ice and aquaplaning performance drop off. So we're all learning something today, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, another short break. And then we, I want to, I want to learn a bit more about the cars that you've been able to jump in and out. Cause coming at it from a tire testing point of view, you're probably jumping in some quite exciting things and not thinking about MFC, the performance of the car, but the performance of the tire. Uh, but I do know that you have driven some cool bits and that I don't want to blow smoke up your ass. You're quite a handy driver. So uh, when Thank we you. come back from our toilet break, we will be uh, yeah diving into the best cars that Benson has driven. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We were just talking off camera, almost having an argument, and I said, let's save it for the podcast. Um, <laughs> because there was a discussion over the GT3 RS, obviously. Tony is in the room. Uh, his favourite car of all time, the, the car that he will proclaim is the best car of all time. Uh, no, no, no. It's no, 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 no. No, okay. No, no. Uh, sure. I mean, you make out like that's the case. So <laughs> I don't know why you're suddenly backpedalling. No, that's not what I didn't say. It's the best car of all time. You did. You said it's better than a McLaren F1. No, you said better than F40. What did this come from? There's literally no car, but no. 250 GTO? No. GT2RS. But what I was saying is that whilst I agree, it's fantastic. And you said everyone that gets in it loves it. True. But it's not necessarily the most desirable. And I think that Porsche have that issue sometimes where it's a great car. It will beat a lot of things on track, but it's not always the car that people go, that's the one I want. McLaren 720S, Ferrari 48, etc. tend to win, I think, in the battle of 150 grand plus track cars. What, say that again. I mean, I, I cannot <laughs> but, believe what you've just said. No, 
Go into mean? a Ferrari or McLaren showroom and say, "Can I have a 720s or 48?" They say, "How many would you want?" <laughs> when you, if you go to a Porsche showroom, they can I have a GT3 RS. They say, "No, they're we're, sold out." We're not. Sir. Uh, <clears throat> let's not. So rant. the desirability. No, no, hey. The desirability. <laughs> That is proven. That no, I, I just enjoyed the fact that the 720 is in a 150 grand track car bracket. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. wow, they've hey, lost some value. Check the used market. Um, but th- this is the thing is that, I mean, not talking about going into showrooms <laughs> on an everyday level. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people lust after a Porsche GT3 RS as much as, it's not a poster car for as many people. I don't think. No, I guess that. No, as no, other no. brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yes, it's harder to get it's hold of. It's a nerd's of. car. It's a nerd's it, car. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to use the term, if you're in the know, you know, but yeah, yeah. In, it's That's one exactly of those. It. That's like, exactly it. Yeah, you're so you, right. Like, I did, again, like the Bentley, I didn't want to like Porsches when I first got into it, but as soon as you start driving them, especially the GT products, they're, they're great for what I do. This is why I don't want to sell the Carrera T. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, uh, so yes, we were going to pick your brains, Benson, about some of the greatest cars that you have uh, driven or jumped in and out of. And as I say, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of the times you're not really thinking about the car because you're focused on the tyre and then you probably go, oh, actually, this car's not too bad. Uh, but go on, what are, your, like, what are your big hitters? Throw us some cars that you, you, you love. Um, Volkswagen Golf. No, that's not what you wrote down there. No, no, I, I will get to this. <laughs> He's been looking at his notepad. So my notepad says GT3 RS, GT2 RS. Yeah! Um, <laughs> and I never prompt him. Hey, hey, hey. It's the first Ray, thing that come out of his mouth. He said golf, okay? No, he didn't. Let's get back it's to golf. It's the same company. <laughs> uh, it's basically the same yeah. car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, golf, which generation? Um, the... the so for what we do is, so there's the glamorous stuff that I do with sure. the, the 3RS's and 2RS's Sexy and sport tires. the big track stuff, but the day-to-day board, if we're doing an all-season or a winter tyre test, we're not doing it on a 3RS. We're doing it on the best car in that segment, which is a Volkswagen Golf. It just, they just, they go, they don't break. They handle really well for their size. Yep. We use the 7.5s mostly, I think, is the 8 out now? I think I'm, Not yet. Okay, so I won't be using an it's 8 coming, week. But yeah. yeah. Um, and they just, they're just, perfect for what you do. They're and you're talking GTIs and R's or you're talking nope. like bog standard to, I don't even so know. So we sometimes use GTIs if we're doing more track oriented stuff, but these, the standard, was it a 1.4 TSI or the one liter TSI? Sure. Like we use them all. Like wow. at the okay. end of the day, it's a, it, the car is literally a vehicle to enable me to work out what's going on with the tires. And all I need is the car to be predictable and repeatable. I don't want the brakes fading after a couple of laps. I don't want the suspension like changing during the, the program because tire testing is, I don't want to get too much into the details of it, but it's not like I'm going to do a braking test. I'm putting the tires on, I'm doing a brake, and then that's the distance. Like we do 10 and then we take out the outliers because ABS systems make a difference. So we only ever brake from like 100 kph to 8 kph because that last eight kilometers an hour, that, that puts variance in from the ABS system, which- okay. we, It's quite uh, interesting, like, isn't it? Very, yeah. Stuff you never really think no, about. You, so, yeah. like for, so for me doing 10 sets of all season tires next week, I will be doing effectively 100 braking runs. So I'll, spe- I'll spend a day doing snow brake and then I'll spend a day doing Do you ever vomit? Writing. It gets really boring. <laughs> well, not just boring, but like pukey. No, you don't really. No. You get used to it. You, okay. you end up with a sore leg. But and then, so when we're doing handling, people have, People will comment on YouTube like, well, if you've only done one lap, how do you know it's good? We don't. We do like four or five laps and mm-hmm. then we average the times. And that's what we do for every set of tires. Um, to remove biases, I generally test blind. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not, not literally blind, not blindfolded. <laughs> I was going to say, like, we, you are more talented than I realized. <laughs> yeah. Ollie Webb, watch out. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I, as in, I, they're set numbers to me. Sure. Like, I don't want to know what tyre's on because I don't want any pre-bias. The fact that, oh, there's a Michelin going on, I know in my head that's normally a good handling tyre. That's, that's what I'm expecting. So, like, you do it blind. So there's, there's lots of systems in place to make sure that tire testing is repeatable and reliable and fair to all the, the companies involved but it just it's long and expensive but that's why a golf as boring as it sounds is a car you can rely on to go all day without giving you any issues and it's they're, they're okay they're good handling cars and see i'd wondered if the world had moved on because obviously when i was growing up that was the go-to car yeah. that was my first car mark IV golf um and I thought, you know, nowadays, even with like Hyundai with i30s and things like that, maybe everyone caught up. But you're you're telling me, Tony, would you agree that yeah. the Golf is still, yeah, yeah, still just the, the best go-to? Yeah, unbelievable hatchback. hatchback. Yeah, yeah. hundred yeah, percent for the fun stuff. Tony will be happy. It is the the GT products are very good. The Camry okay, GT4, well, the GT3 RS, but and they are more reliable than a lot of their peers. But they're still like when they get used properly, they they. They go through engines, they go through components. And when you're looking at a 50,000 kilometer GT3 RS that needs a new engine, it's, it's suddenly you realize just how expensive. That won't so. be a generation two though. That'll be a gen one. <laughs> Probably, yeah. It will be because yeah. the generation two is a motorsport engine, which is bulletproof. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the so gen- proud. The gen- it's a motorsport engine, mate. The gen- motorsport. I got it from motorsport, my engine. engine. Yeah, yeah, it's motorsport. The gen one. Doesn't engine, make you a motorsport driver, mate. Which uh, Archie's got in his car is just a board out 3.8. <laughs> <laughs> It's crap. <laughs> um, before That's gonna go bong. Before, yeah. yeah, exactly. Before Tony gets too carried away, yeah. uh, uh, you mentioned the GT2 RS, and this is why I wanted to go in actually and knock Tony down a few pegs. No, no, uh, you won't. Okay, sure. Uh, because, <laughs> because I think previously you had or we had talked that car down a bit. I hadn't driven it. I, th- I think at the time you maybe hadn't driven it when we were last doing these podcasts. But getting behind the wheel of that car for me, the 2 RS deserves the additional hype and value because i think as a road car and a track car it's better in every way except maybe the uh, sound and therefore the emotional connection a bit like pista versus speciale but it's quicker it's i think dare i say it weirdly feels easier to drive but i think maybe i just wasn't pushing hard enough but go on both of you go in uh benson first why did you say 2rs and then tony do you still prefer the 3RS, but I'm going to let so, Benson go first. I said 3RS and 2RS. They're, they're different beasts, and I had the fortune of running a test on the Supersport R and RS uh, at Ascari, uh, end of middle of last year. It was a good year. Uh, very fortunate position, and spent a lot of time in the 3RS in the morning running the program, and then all the journalists went off to lunch, and they'd had this 2RS on display that no one could touch. Then they wheeled it out for me. So I had all these journalists watching me trying to run a test program on a 2RS in half a day. Like, it was stressful. Um, and I was, I was having nightmares the week before about this tour rs because obviously 700 horsepower rear wheel drive like i was scared there's a wall at a scar if you come out the last corner and get it sideways you're writing off a what was then a half million pound car right, it's a monster so yeah a monster. however i found it incredibly easy to drive and it, like it it was so playful and so manageable with all that power that was my take home from it i was like it how of porsche made what on paper should want to kill me constantly it, it worked with me and i it was an absolute joy um i did still prefer the 3rs 
And okay. I jumped back in at the very end of the day, I jumped back in the 3RS to just, I was just in my head, I was, I was hey guys, I'm just gonna go this for the test program. It wasn't, it was purely for me. Sure. And they let me go out and have a couple of laps, even though the bus was going. Um, and coming out of the pits in the 3RS in second or third gear, put my foot down like I would in the 2RS. And I was like, oh no, I've broken it. Cause it just didn't go anywhere yeah, compared to the, and I was like, it's true. whoa, no, wait, this is just how slow this car is compared to the 2RS. And it, it was- In a straight drop, line. In a straight line. But when you remember you work the normally aspirated engine, like you can just, the 3RS allows you to dance a little bit more because you have that throttle response. You have instant response. You don't have the accelerate and then you've got a bit of power and then the power comes in as the turbo spools in. Like the, I, I just thought the 3RS was more pure. The 2RS is a, a marvel. Like what, how Porsche have made that thing work as well as it does, very impressive. But if you were to offer me one of each, I would take the 3RS, I think. Yeah, and I've driven them both on road and track. And obviously the 2RS is a monster. It's 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 definitely faster. Mm. It doesn't break any better. It doesn't go around the corner any better. They're both, if anything, the 3RS probably goes around the corner better because it's lighter. Yeah. So it's probably a bit better balanced. And you can just, you can use the throttle more. You, you use the throttle easier, out of the corner. Yeah. You can just plant the foot on a, on a 3RS and it just pushes you out the corner. 2RS, you've got to wait, you should be in a wall if you don't. Okay, because you're wiggling too, too much yeah, power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it, I agree, it is, it's definitely a, 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 a faster car mm. by, by a long, especially down the straight. I mean, like Silverstone straight, you probably get another 15, 20 mile an hour down the straight when you would in a in a free RS. And that's the frustrating part about a free RS. It's a little bit slow in a straight line. <laughs> when did a 500 horsepower like track yeah, car become a little crazy, bit slow? Crazy, isn't it? But, yeah. but when you actually look at race cars, mm. they're never, ever big on power. No. It's all brakes and corners. So that's why. And if you consider price and everything into it that's why i say the free rs is the best car okay. for that reason you stick, stick with your and stick not with your just baby. me by the way is everyone i speak to that drives the pair of them or that drives because don't forget i use them for mostly road on track so mine's very pacific if i had specific to, yes thank you pacific's an ocean that's why you went private school and i went public <laughs> sure because you can correct me <laughs> thank you friends it's amazing so the yeah I'm very Pacific in how specific. I use... Specific. <laughs> Great HBO documentary. In how, in how I use my cars. There are much better road cars than the 3RS. Much. Yeah. Even the AMG GTR is probably a better road car than the As we discovered. As we probably discovered. It's a great car. But on the track, it's not even close. And I use my car mostly on the track. So that's why I say it's the best car. Fair enough. For me. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's all that matters at the end of the day is the best car for you. I mean, that's everyone your car. I speak to, racing driver, anyone who knows anything, they always say free RS the best car. <laughs> out, that's it. Out of interest, have you been out in something like a Caterham R400 or R500? <laughs> no, thank you. Okay, just I, I was mean, just curious. It's that you're pitching to the wrong or like guy. Like a radical though. SR three or anything. No, you are pitching extreme. to the wrong guy. I would like guy. to go in a radical. Mm, there, it's another experience. Because cops is flat and a radical. Yeah, <laughs> here he is. Racing I mean, I'd driver. literally be in a wall. You, yeah. yeah, I mean, you'd be upside down. Yeah, head yeah. dragging along the track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, well, look, it's been a it's been a fascinating episode, I think, because I feel like we've actually learned something, and hopefully, so have you, the listeners. Um, oh, is that camera died? Looked like it might have. Anyway, um, what I can say? Beep happens. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Benson, for coming on. Thank um, you for having me. I would because we have been trying to plan this for about three years. So season one, yeah, <laughs> season one of Behind the Glass. Uh, but it's finally happened, and as I say, I think it's been uh, super informative. Um, Tony, thank you for your inputs as always. No. Uh, great to hear about the Pacific Ocean. 
Um, and yes, as I say, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe for future episodes, turn on notifications, and don't forget, when we hit 50k, one of you will be joining us for an episode. Um, I don't know if that's something that you're going to be excited about or not. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, yeah, if you're listening to us, make sure to keep following, subscribe, etc., etc., so you don't miss all of our future episodes. If you want to follow uh, Jonathan, he is tie reviews on almost every platform. Jonathan, double underscore Benson on Insta, but yeah, tie reviews on everything else. There we go. Um, okay, thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch up with you very, very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.